0: Welcome to the MedSoup Podcast, where we talk about trending healthcare topics. I'm your host, Laura Schumacher. Let's dig in. Today, we are joined by Dr. Robert Wilson, the founder and medical director of Piedmont Interventional Pain Care. Dr. Wilson has served patients in Salisbury and the greater Rowan County region for over 15 years. He is board certified in both anesthesiology and pain medicine by the American Board of Anesthesiology. He completed his residency in anesthesiology and a fellowship in pain medicine at Wake Forest University Baptist Medical Center in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Dr. Wilson is trained in the latest pain management techniques and therapies and is an avid speaker providing information to the public and medical professionals across the United States about the latest interventional pain treatments. He is an active advocate for the prevention of opioid abuse and serves on the opioid task forces for the Department of Health and Human Services, the Industrial Commission of North Carolina, the North Carolina Medical Board, and the North Carolina Medical Society. Additionally, Dr. Wilson is the president-elect of the Pain Society of the Carolinas, also known as PSOC, a long-standing member of the PSOC, and has served as chairman of the Government Advocacy Committee. Um, Dr. Wilson, how would you define Piedmont Interventional Pain Care as a truly interventional pain practice?
1: I think anyone... That has a practice like mine where we use the uh, latest uh, interventional or minimally invasive surgical techniques uh, for pain control it could be defined as interventional pain clinic. The one thing I would say too is that we're not just simply uh, interventional based and in that uh, we take care of the patient from A to Z regardless of uh, what they need because sometimes you'll find a procedure uh, and try different procedures and it doesn't help them Uh, and what you'll need to do is write for pain medications as well to help control their pain. So uh, one of the things I stress is that we are very interventional-based, but the reality is is that we take care of the patient uh, as a person. Whatever pain therapies they need, we offer them.
0: So, What would you say are some of the most used interventional pain techniques?
1: That's a good question. We we do... uh, a full range of different types of injections. Uh, I have my two physician's assistants, uh, Chris Watson and Megan Wanniger, who perform most of the uh, trigger point injections. And trigger point injections are simply uh, muscle or myofascial injections of uh, local anesthetic and usually an anti-inflammatory agent uh, into the uh, area where the inflammation is. Uh, We also, because patients uh, may come here for a spinal problem, uh, they also have arthritic joints, et cetera. So we find ourselves doing a lot of joint injections. And again, my, uh, physician assistants that work with me, uh, do the majority of those, but that can include, uh, any joints, uh, the knees, hips, shoulders, et cetera. Uh, it's, it's interesting that you take on a patient who had, came here for one problem. And then, uh, as they're here longer and get more comfortable, there's other things that come up and, uh, joint issues are a big problem majority of what i treat are spinal issues as, as mentioned um and most of those spinal issues occur in the lumbar spine It's just kind of how we're how we're made how we age with time the lumbar spine seems to give us more trouble and there's different approaches to doing uh, different types of lumbar uh, injections in the old days people would just sit on the side of the bed and have a epidural steroid injection performed using I call a blind technique. And really what that means is without the use of fluoroscopy. Uh, But now of course we do them all under fluoroscopic guidance. I can guide it in uh, and watch the dye spread and the medication spread in the epidural space. A lot of times for sciatic issues, and this can be uh, different nerve roots in the lumbar spine. uh, We do what's called lumbar transferaminal epidural steroid injections or selective nerve root blocks. Uh, those are uh, respond really well, uh, sciatica does respond really well with this uh, type of injection because you basically watch the dye go across a nerve that is inflamed. And uh, again, leaving the needle there and injecting a steroid and local anesthetic solution will calm down the inflammation. When you calm down the inflammation in the nerve tract, then it stops sending pain signals. Uh, other things we do in the lumbar spine are very popular, and especially with the VA population, is we see a lot of uh, what's called the facet joints or facet joints of lumbar spine get arthritic. There's a small nerve fiber that uh, lies in that joint called the medial branch nerve. And we will do injections of that nerve, uh, a couple rounds of those to see if we're targeting the pain problem that they have. If that works, then we will move on to do what's called lumbar radiofrequency ablation or a facet neurotomy, different names for it. What that really is, is just uh, cauterizing uh, the nerve that is uh, laying in that joint, that medial branch nerve. It is a sensory only nerve, so you can inject and cauterize that nerve and it won't cause any limitations in your ability to walk. Uh, So that's a nerve that can be cauterized and uh, patients generally get anywhere from six to uh, 12 months of benefit out of having that done. Um, That's a procedure you can repeat uh, as long as you need to. I found that very beneficial in those who have what's called facet joint uh, arthropathy or facet arthritis. We also do a variety of uh, peripheral nerve blocks, again, being anesthesiology trained. I've done a lot of regional anesthesia for different surgical procedures. And uh, basically any peripheral nerve, uh, we can inject and and inject steroids on to calm down the inflammation of it. If it is a nerve that has a sensory-only function, We can again also cauterize that nerve as well to make it last longer. Uh, One of the procedures that uh, is a good example, we do um, what's called the geniculate nerves that uh, innervate the uh, knee capsule. People who've had uh, bad knee joints um, were able to uh, block the nerve to make sure that that would uh, benefit them if we moved on forward to the cauterization of the nerve. So we have been doing quite a bit of that for knee pain control. And this can be from a patient who's had previous knee surgery or not. They may be a patient who needs to have the knee surgery done, but other health issues keep him from it. So the uh, peripheral nerve frequency in different areas we can do, and have been very beneficial and simply a longer lasting uh, benefit. If all these other different type of injections, and I should also say this too, a lot of the things that we do for the uh, lumbar spine, we can do for the thoracic spine and the cervical spine, really without exception. Uh, all these different procedures, the facet joints, the ablation, the nerve root blocks, the midline epidural injections, the steroid, all these can be formed up and down the spine. If all these things fail, uh, we do go on. We have other things to offer, such as spinal cord stimulation therapy, uh, which uh, means placing leads in the uh, part of the spine where the nerves uh, are causing the pain signals to be uh, sensed. And uh, this uh, insertion of the leads are then attached to a generator. The generator will emit a small electrical signal that will blunt the ability for that nerve signal to reach the brain where you don't interpret the pain. A lot of this is done for lumbar, low back pain and leg pain. In fact, just yesterday I was in the operating room and two different patients with this device who had been trialed already. So they go through a, a seven day trial of spinal cord stimulation. And if they have a, a more than 50% benefit with that device and we make plans to go to the operating room, put it in permanently with a implanted uh, generator, which has a battery life of about nine years. Um, that's been very beneficial. And I'll say again, in the VA population, we have found uh, it to be very beneficial because these patients have had a lot of back issues for years and years. Uh, these are veterans um, from uh, Korean War, a few from World War II, a lot from the uh, Vietnam War, Uh, but their uh, backs have aged in excess of what you normally see in a normal population. I found this to be very beneficial. And these are patients who simply can't have surgery or have had uh, multiple back surgeries. There's no other options for them. It's been very beneficial. One other thing I'd talk about also that I've been doing in the recent uh, two months or so has been the Superion device. Uh, It is basically an indirect lumbar decompression device that I implant in outpatient surgery um, for patients who have uh, spinal stenosis causing neurogenic claudication. Uh, Neurogenic claudication is leg pain that occurs if you're up ambulating and you walk uh, a distance of, of any type from a few feet to a few hundred yards, but you have to stop and sit down because your legs hurt. When you stop and rest and lean over, your pain gets better because of all the tightening in the uh, spinal column. This small device will decompress the levels that are bad and will give an opening uh, to the spinal canal and allow patients to uh, walk more freely. And and we've been very, very impressed uh, in in a short amount of time with what this device has been able to do. So there's always something new. I try to stay on top of anything new that is out there from an interventional standpoint medication standpoint, but we basically offer all uh, options for uh, interventional pain management that uh, anyone would offer.
0: So you mentioned the, um, the different types of surgical techniques, but the majority of what you're doing is done in the office. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. There's really no other uh, reason for us to uh, go to the operating room except for uh, the implantation of the spinal cord stimulator. Uh, device. Uh, The trials, we generally always do them here in the office. There are some insurance companies that uh, won't pay for it to be done here, and they uh, make us go basically to the surgery center to have that done, and we we accommodate. We do that. And then, of course, the Superion device device as well. Really just those two procedures, the only thing that I go to the operating room for. Uh, All the others are done in my clinic here. I have three uh, rooms uh, with fluoroscopy, which gives me ability to see uh, what I need to do through a, uh, a mobile x-ray device. It gives me a picture when, I, when I, uh, I need it to see uh, where the needle needs to go and to inject the dye and to watch it go the area I want to go to. So we're very well equipped. We are so busy here. We've set up two and now three rooms to accommodate all the different types of interventional therapies that uh, we do here. Uh, all the joint injections we do under fluoroscopy to assure that the medicine goes in the joint, uh, which I think uh, gives you better outcomes as well.
0: So what can a patient expect when seeking care at your practice? Um, I know they have to set up an initial consult,
1: correct? Exactly, Laura. When patients come here, uh, they can expect a comprehensive workup. Now, some patients come here without any uh laboratory without any x-ray radiology uh, studies and we'll start from scratch and, and do all that we need to do uh the physical exam is important especially uh, with beginning a, a visit here to our clinic um in that we have to target where the problem's coming from again sometimes we have a, a lot of data and it's already predetermined basically what we need to do other times some more difficult pain problems you have to do some testing and uh, different procedures to figure out what we need to do to help them. So um, one thing we don't do is just to uh, be a clinic that uh, will just do any type procedure at any time. We look for the reason why you have pain. We focus on that and trying to get you better from the standpoint of what's causing your pain. So uh, we have a action plan that we set up based on medication needs, based on interventional therapies, mentally invasive surgery, et cetera. Uh, and that's what we put in, in place. Uh, sometimes patients are sent here because of my um, uh, ability to um, do a lot of these different procedures that maybe some other clinics don't do. They're sent here for me to do just these certain higher advanced therapies. Uh, but most of the patients come here uh, with the idea of having pain, and we have to figure out why. And we're very uh, very thorough in doing so.
0: And also, in that, on a similar note, you have a lot of patients here that um, either currently serve or have served in the military. Um, you have a very good relationship with the VA hospital as well.
1: We do. Uh, we've had a relationship with the VA hospital for uh, eight or nine years now where we uh, sought uh, after them, really, because of the need that I saw uh, for these these veterans, and I understand also that it wasn't that many years ago that the BA was writing a lot of opioid medications, and the first uh, couple of years we got patients from there, uh, it was a difficult task because we had to do procedures and we had to convince the patients that they need to be down on these medications. And those who were willing to try, without exception, we were able to get them down and off of them the medication uh, again. But um, since we started with the va Uh, we have had a good relationship with them Uh, i can't tell you how many of these vets that uh, we treat now uh, in our practice on a monthly basis but everybody that we have here through the va is very appreciative of uh, what we do Uh, i just uh, couldn't be happier with the relationship i have with them because of the benefit we see in the patients And the joy we bring those patients, being able to function better. I've had VA patients who came here in wheelchairs, and in particular, four or five of them, we've implanted spinal cord stimulators, and they're now ambulatory, using a cane uh, to get around. So it's very rewarding in someone who does what I do for a living to see that.
0: Well, and I think um, other people can see that by visiting your website as well, that there are quite a few testimonials on there from your patients, as well as veterans who have been helped tremendously by some of these interventional techniques. Um, And in addition to that, if somebody wanted to understand more about an interventional technique, you have a wide variety of educational resources on your website where they can just uh, watch and see what happens during that procedure and, and what to expect.
1: Exactly. Laura, I, it's interesting you say that because uh, we have so many patients that I might be meeting for the first time who will come here and they'll say, you're just like your video or you're just like your picture. They'll go to the website and research it. That's what people do now uh, more than ever. And it's not just young people. It's just every age of of uh, patient that can come in. And so it's amazing to me how much they will utilize that. We're very proud of our website and what we do uh, on that, the educational, both videos and uh, g- uh, graphic uh, animations that we have. Because anytime you can educate a patient about what you're doing, what they're getting ready to go through, uh, they're going to be more at ease. Uh, they're going to feel more comfortable about being here. So uh, I've always been big about patient education and, and uh, uh, couldn't be happier with the way our, our website and our, our, all of our educational videos and, and uh, uh, animations are being utilized.
0: Yeah, I do think that adds to the comfort level. If someone can come in and understand or if you've discussed a particular type of procedure and then they can go home and and kind of process that and and watch an animation and learn more about what's going to happen.
1: And a lot of times we do just that. We have printouts from those same uh, videos that we'll hand to patients. So here's a a, two-page paper that talks about it, but if you have a computer at home, Both audio and video, you can watch it and have a better understanding of what we're going to do when you come back and have the procedure.
0: So, are most of your services typically covered by insurance?
1: About all of them are. Uh, There are a few that uh, we know about ahead of time that aren't covered. Uh, And it's so difficult. And I've said this, I say this probably every day that uh, taking care of my chronic pain patients is the easiest thing I do. Dealing with insurance companies is the hardest thing I do. Um, but we we do uh, make sure that the procedures that we do are authorized by the insurance companies so the patients aren't surprised and uh, have a bill sent to them to cover it. Uh, but essentially, there's only one or two different insurance companies, one or two different procedures they don't cover.
0: So if there was some way to define kind of what sets your practice apart from maybe other interventional pain practices, how how would you describe the difference?
1: Uh, what I would say about pain clinics, I think anybody today can hang a shingle and say they're a pain clinic. Um, the reality is, is is, I have a bias because of my education, my certification, and what I do. There's a lot of uh, different practices out there, or what I call block shops. And what I mean by that is they'll uh, have you come in, they'll do two or three epidurals on you, and then when you're not any better, um, they basically say, I can't do any more for you. And then you go to somebody qualified like I am to take care of your problem. I take pride in the fact of us treating you know patients from A to Z, uh, doing whatever needs to be done. And, and I'll say this too, I don't always, uh, I can't cure everybody. I can't take care of every pain problem. Sometimes a surgical referral is needed. Uh, sometimes simply a physical therapy needs to be done, et cetera. But if we don't do it here in-house, we refer out to the appropriate a uh, type of providers that need to take care of your problem that's going to assist you with your pain needs. And again, being a independent medical practice, um, I'm not told by a governing body that I need to keep it within the same network. I send it, the patients out uh, to simply the best qualified people that I work with to take care of the problem that needs to be taken care of.
0: I think it's important to note your board certifications and your experience. So maybe if you could just sure explain that.
1: Yeah, my background uh, um, after medical school, I uh, did my internship and then my residency in anesthesiology, uh, Wake Forest Baptist Hospital. And uh, after that, I stayed an additional fifth year and did a uh, pain fellowship. Um, so a total of five years after high school to, to do exactly what I do today. Uh, I did do both anesthesiology and pain management for a period of about six years. Uh, But the last uh, 13 years, I've done nothing but focus on chronic pain patients. Uh, I've always uh, been so busy in the clinic, it got to the point where I just could not do both. And my true love is to take care of these chronic pain patients uh, over and above uh, doing anesthesiology. So I really kind of had to decide which one to do. But Again, um, I've been certified in both uh, specialties. I've been recertified in both specialties as well and stay current with all the latest literature. And then
0: even though you're located in Salisbury, which is in Rowan County, you serve a really wide area,
1: correct? I do. Uh, We have patients that come from South Carolina, uh, Virginia, West Virginia. Uh, Again, because of uh, some of the things I do, these are patients, family members, of patients I take care of, or friends, they hear about us. So uh, we do get patients that drive from different parts of the state and different states around. Uh, So, again, I want to say that that's probably due to the fact that we take good care of patients. Uh, When the doctors send their patients here to be taken care of, they know we're going to monitor them closely. We know they're not going to get too much pain, opioid pain medications. Uh, we'll do whatever we can to to get them better, uh, but we will um, provide good care and what I feel like the best way we can and uh, doing a combination of whatever needs to be done for the patient.
0: So if someone wants to schedule a consultation, what do they need to do?
1: Simply call our office. Uh, we uh, are able to see patients without a referral uh, to call or fax or uh, uh, would be the best way to do it. Uh, we don't have to uh, have a physician referral to get in here. Uh, sometimes we're finding patients who have been sent uh, to, uh, quote, pain clinics that are within um, a network uh, that these uh, physicians uh, try and keep them in. And it's not necessary here. You don't have to have a referral to get in here. Uh, just simply give us a call and we will work with you to get you in. All
0: right. Thank you.